Welcome to episode 44 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Yo, what's going on guys? Hope all is good. So we are back. So I just need to let you know in advance that I'm recording this in my conservatory, which is pretty much right next to my garden. And my neighbor has gone in the garden and um, he's having a bit of a conversation. So you, <laughs> you might hear a little background noise. <laughs> so I need to let you know in advance. Obviously, he's sitting in the garden because there's a tiny bit of heat, um, <laughs> which we're currently having. UK weather has just been pretty bad this summer, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's almost like um, summer has been written off. Um <laughs> some years we have summer and some years we don't so I think this year we've had about yeah there's been some good days I can't complain you know I, I bought a little um um a little pool a kiddie pool that you can put in a garden one of those blow up pools and uh, my daughter's had some fun in there so um yeah <laughs> that's been all right um but yeah, man, it, it's it started to rain quite frequently recently, and we're still in August. I guess it's the the edge of August now, the twenty sixth, and um, yeah, before you know it, it's September, and I guess uh, the coldness will start to kick in. <laughs> As you guys probably know, I do some um, some work with Fashion Nova, and they told me that they're going to start bringing in the autumn season and. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm like, oh, damn, wow, yeah, it's fast approaching. So, yeah, guys, summer is almost over. <laughs> and I think in UK, we've decided we're going to uh, stop summer a little bit earlier. <laughs> oh, man, good times, good times. So, today, um, my guest is Mark Coles. I think that's his surname, Mark Coles. And he's been in the fitness industry for like almost twenty years. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into that in a second, but before I do, I just want to quickly uh, go through some sponsors. One of which is Bioptimizers. Um, they have a special offer on at the moment with magnesium supplements. Now. A lot of people are deficient in magnesium, obviously to do with the depletion of soil, um, and it's it's just a standard thing that people are <laughs> deficient in magnesium. And uh, okay, so their special offer is on from the 27th, so Thursday the 27th, so by the time you guys listen to this, it is today, uh, until... Saturday the 29th so it's from the 27th and to until the 29th now normally my discount code would allow people to have 10% off but with my code it will will allow you 25% off now for those of you who do not have magnesium in your household I'll definitely suggest it is one of those which you need to have because chances are you're not having enough of it. Uh, magnesium is probably the fourth most abundant mineral in the body and is needed for everything, including maintaining normal muscle and nerve function, keeping a healthy immune system, 
maintaining normal heart rhythm, building strong bones, and uh, lowering cortisol levels. And obviously with um, today's day and age being so stressful, especially during these times, we need a lot more magnesium. So that's something to bear in mind. Okay, um, special offer is 25% off. Okay, 25, normally it's 10. So it's definitely worth considering. All you need to do is just visit their website, which is bioptimizers.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 to get 25% off. That website link is bioptimizers.com. Use coupon code SNIPES10 and get 25% off. Remember, this offer is from Thursday, August the 27th until Saturday, August the 29th. After that, it will expire. Uh, my discount code will still work, but you'll get 10% off as opposed to 25%. So, uh, take advantage. The next mention, or shall I say the next sponsor of the show, go by Kion, K-I-O-N supplements, which are a clean, high quality, GMO-free, pesticide-free, gluten-free, uh, lab tested for heavy metals, and yeah, nothing but the best ingredients to achieve your goals. They are they have a range of supplements like essential amino acids, uh, organic coffee, uh, Keon Flex, which is a supplement which is good for um, healthy joints, and you have Keon Lean, which is a blood sugar level support, Keon Bars, which have all natural ingredients, high quality without compromised taste, and each bar has 11 grams of protein. Their supplements are pretty incredible. I'll definitely suggest give them a, a, a check out, have a look, see what you think. You won't be disappointed. At least your health will thank you for it as well as your taste buds. So check them out. That is getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes, spelt G-E-T-K-I-O-N. That is Keon, K-I-O-N dot com forward slash Roger Snipes and use coupon code SNIPES20 and get yourself 20% off. That website link again is getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use coupon code, coupon code, <laughs> SNIPES20 and get 20% off. So the guest today once again goes by the name of Mark Coles. We had a really, really, really good chat. It didn't even feel like an interview. It just felt like a chat. Prior to the podcast, we had a, a lengthy discussion and it could have been a, a podcast in itself. It was pretty much just us getting to know each other. Um, and it was so cool. It was so cool. I should have just like, you know, hit record and then I could have used that. But I was like, all right, let's uh, set a date in place and make this happen. But um, yeah. Mark Coles is a decent guy. He's, he's a really, really nice guy. He's been in the fitness industry for almost 20 years. He has a passion for helping people achieve, um, you know, even when they once thought it wasn't possible, you know, so he, he, he deals with, um, he, he focuses on smart coaching, structured nutrition, dedication and passion. And he also believes you can achieve anything one of those kind of mentalities um yeah i do love that i do love that kind of there's many things where 
as we were speaking, it was like, wow, I just felt such synergy. Anyway, he's the creator of the Physique Coaching Program, and he educates personal trainers, coaches, and day-to-day -day people on the art of creating a physique. And he's created, uh, written numerous eBooks covering topics including muscle building, fat loss, and the art of creating the perfect body transformation. Now we hone in on typical struggles or challenges individuals face uh, during their journey and dissect the commonalities in the misconceptions. And we also look into the correct measures that should be taken. Um, yeah, as I said, this wasn't like an interview. It was like a conversation and I really had fun on this one. Anyway, let's bring on Mark Coles. How you doing, Mark? Roger, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being available. I've seen some great things of you online, and I thought I need to I need to flag this guy down as soon as possible. So well, <laughs> we, we had a we had a we had a relatively um, well. We could have actually done a podcast based on the conversation we had last week, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, it's true. Great conversation. It was brilliant. It was really yeah, good. Yeah. It was really good. So you told me about your, your facility, your gym, which you have in, uh, it's in Nottingham. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's a, it's a, was it like a personal training facility? It originally started as a personal training facility. And then due to the nature of me developing my more business acumen and, and looking at it from a completely different aspect, it, it's five and a half thousand square foot. So to just be personal training, didn't really kind of work after a while and, and we then opened it up to memberships but a limited amount so yeah it's a membership and personal training facility so uh, mm. uh, yeah love it um, but my life and my journey is kind of I'm in London now so the, the gym's still running I've got a great team there um, but it's uh, you know I, I, I'm doing additional things to having the facility as well that's awesome and it's called M10 is that right it is it is it what, is what, what made you bring uh, what is that name like talk to me uh, how'd you come up with M10 so here's the thing I mean my dad um is an incredible inspiration to me um and uh we were both we used to come down to watch uh, England play a lot at Twickenham okay and uh do, do you know the designer Y3 Y3. Y3. So oh, yes. Adidas yes. designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So years, years gone by. I mean, we're talking uh, 14, 15 years ago. I remember having a pair of trainers, the Y3 trainers. And uh, I, I, at the point when I was going to start my business, all I wanted was something that was smart and minimalist. And so I sat down with a, with a, with a, um, a guy that I knew who happened to do a bit of business stuff. And we were just chatting about it. And he said, this weekend, just go away and start thinking of what you want. And dad and I were on the train. And I remember we got on the train and dad got a uh, box fizz out. And we sat on the train and we had it. We, it was a classic thing of his that he'd always do. And we went up to, to London, down to London from Nottingham. And uh, when we got to Twickenham, after loads of conversations, dad said, look, what do, you want the, what do you want the business to be called? And I said, it's a letter and a number. It's just minimal. And he said, well, M, Mark. And I said, well, yeah, that, I, I, obviously I like that. But then he was like M3, M9, M something. And I was like typing it in, in, in Safari or whatever we had back then. And, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and dad and I got to Twickenham. 
and I, we got the tickets out and both of our tickets said enter by stand M10. So uh, we stood underneath M10, we had a photo and I said, dad, that's it. So for me, it signifies the relationship with my dad. Yeah. But 10 for me is obviously 10 out of 10 and it all kind of fell in really nicely. So um, it was a letter and a number and, and, and it kind of, one of the big things for me was creating a, a brand that was smart, minimalistic and professional. And so I didn't really want anything too long. I wanted it minimal. Uh, and that's kind of where the brands evolved from. So it's got a story behind it. That's amazing. And the clientele which you have at the gym, like what, what sort of clients do you have there? Well, I'm sure you'll know, having gone, been in the industry, well, you've been in the industry like two or three years now, Roger? <laughs> two or three years? <laughs> <laughs> you're, the, you're an OG, man. You're an OG. <laughs> when, you, when you messaged me and you were like, uh, I, I was like, what? what? Roger, no, I remember that like, PhD days, Roger. <laughs> yeah, that's I remember right, PhD yeah. days, Roger. People listening to this were like, PhD, who's that? I was like, I know, listen, right. we know Roger, we know Roger. Um, <laughs> and, and so, I, essentially, I, I mean, I've gone through multiple changes throughout my career in the fitness industry, and I started a personal training um, or joining the fitness industry simply because all I can say is it did something for me that nothing else did. It just... I just, as everyone else does, who, who finds the gym for the first time, it was just my happy place. So when I started personal training, it was genuinely just to help people be happier in the gym. And, and there was no avatar, there was no target audience. It was just, if I could actually help somebody enjoy being in the gym, and that's why it started. So when I probably did five years, six, five years working in a health club, training all different types of people, when I opened my gym, if I'm honestly honest with you, all I wanted to do was work with people that wanted to train hard. That's it. Yeah. As long as you put the work in, I didn't care whether you were fat, thin, black, white, Indian, Asian, don't care. Just train hard. So, it's not much to ask. <laughs> not, not a lot to ask. And, and honestly, I would have all different shapes and sizes, you know, all different levels of confidence. But my goal was always to get to train a little bit harder. And naturally, after I was doing that time and time again, we ended up still training general population people, but for a long time, we entered into that kind of body transformation market. So it was very much to do with people that wanted to 12, 16 weeks to achieve something that they never thought was possible. Um, and, and, and as my career developed, I did a good stint in bodybuilding, trained a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of physique uh, athletes. But now at M10 as a gym, our primary core, core audience is still helping people achieve something that they never thought was possible doesn't matter where you are, but we have a framework to help people continue to make progress um, with, with the goal of just achieving something they didn't think was possible. That, that's, our, that's our main thing. So whatever awesome. it is that you think that you are coming in to achieve, we'll double that. Because not, not we're forcing you to double it, but we our slogan is expect more, achieve more. So expect more from us, expect more from yourself, and you'll achieve way more than you ever thought was possible. And mm. I think if you set a level of expectation for people and we can help you achieve this, but also let go at the door, all the challenges that you've got around. I can't do this. I can't do that. Let's create some new possibilities. Mm. Uh, and that's a big thing. Cause a lot of the, you know, the whole team in Nottingham, um, we all share this common goal, this common vision um, to, to, to achieve the same thing with everybody that's in the, in the facility. So I'm very proud of it. Um, as every gym owner knows, it's always a challenge developing the brand and keeping it all together. But I think that one of the reasons why I've got a gym um, is everything that it's taught me along the way. 
And that's mm. why it's still with me. I think so many things that happen in our life are with us for a reason and they're a lesson. And for me, I think that the gym has given me more reason to study business and learn business than anything else. And it's just a, it's an incredible hub and it's, it's been built. I mean, I'm not there anymore, but in terms of the, uh, I'm, I go up there each week, but in terms of being a facility, it, it's phenomenal. We've got mm. some great equipment um, and it's a great gym. So very proud of it. That's awesome. So you're currently in London. Are you, um, you planning to set something else up? You thinking maybe? Only, only today, Roger, I've had three messages from a q and I did that said, what, you know, why no M10 number two? Why this? Why that? Um, <laughs> M10 number two. Exactly. And, and here's the thing. Um, Dan and I, who's my director of personal training in Nottingham, um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of co-directors of, a, of a, a, a center of excellence for personal training. Essentially, the gym in Nottingham is almost like our center of excellence for delivering the standard of education that we teach personal trainers worldwide. Mm-hmm. Everybody who, who, who knows when they open a facility, I think if you're going to duplicate a model, that has to be one of the primary aspects of your business. For me to duplicate the model again and nail it second time around, I have to spend a lot of time in that model. And there's a lot of other stuff that we're doing um, that's, uh, that's I, let me just say, the, the vision for the brand is bigger than one more gym. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of fitness professionals, even anybody in life creates a business necessarily because they would like the idea of it. But at the end of the day, it's got to work. It's got to be scalable and it's got to make money, isn't it? At the end of the day. So, Mm. um, that, that decision, it's not been an easy journey. Building a facility is not never, you know, an easy, easy task, but to create one in London, I think there's a very good reason why, you know, some of the best gyms are on the suburbs of London rather than central because, Mm not easy to do is it um you know so yeah no not the moment no plans okay so you do coaching and what do you run workshops as well what's what's your whole like business model exactly so so essentially what we have um i have two two well we have the gym personal training and gym membership one side and Mm. then we have an education model which on the other side and the education model is split into two we have business development and a center of excellence for fitness professionals so our coaching model um, is we create coaches. We don't teach coaches. I'll explain what, mm. what I mean by that. There's a lot of education in the fitness industry and phenomenal education. Every educator is doing a phenomenal job. But I, for one, in the fitness industry, have had a lot of mentors over the years. I've had a lot of people steering this Mark Cole ship. Um, and I've invested a lot of time. Whenever we come into contact with a coach, nine times out of ten, it's connecting the dots that's the problem. And it's, where, where are you now? Where do you want to get to? What knowledge is lacking? And how do we steer that ship with you? There's a lot of low self-confidence, self-doubt, frustration, overwhelm in the fitness industry. There's a lot. Trainers thinking they should be something, thinking they should be doing something else. And what we realized over the years from having a minimum of seven trainers at any one time in the gym is personal growth and development plays probably one of the biggest factors in how we create a coach. Mm-hmm. The knowledge, fat loss, I mean, let's be honest, Roger, to train a general population person, you know yourself, if we can get somebody to stick to a diet and go to the gym three times a week, we wouldn't actually have half of the obesity problems in this world. <laughs> Very true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, waking up and making a conscious, conscious decision to not eat crap, that is an emotional decision somebody's making. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the one big thing that trainers, I find, have a big problem with is their own 
emotions. And therefore, for a personal trainer to teach somebody in life to take control of their diet, take control of their training, be happy and confident, how can they do it if they're not a mirror of that themselves? Absolutely. Right. So what I've realized that since the age of 23, 24, personal development, I've been on, I've been on the most magical journey. Um, and I essentially have rebuilt myself from the age of 23. Um, and, and in doing that, I've studied immense biomechanics and science and, 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 and kind of physiology, everything. But alongside that, the only, why, the only reason it's all embedded into who I am today is personal development. So we've involved a lot of personal development in our coaching model for personal trainers. We don't want to create a more overwhelmed trainer. We don't want to add education and information onto a trainer that's got low self-confidence. Hmm. We don't want to add education and overwhelm a trainer that's got, uh, they're comparing themselves to other people in the industry and making themselves feel terrible. So we essentially take each individual personal trainer and we, we do an evaluation of where we think they are now. And we have mentoring alongside the educational program that we do. And the new website that we're building has like a four-step quiz. And we're able to decide what's best for you at any given time, as opposed to, yes, you need to learn biomechanics. Yes, you need to learn this. We'll teach it all, but we want to create a confident, self-assured, a coach that's in control of themselves. And then they become a better coach to help other people come in, be, become in control of themselves too. That's amazing. Um, and then that's a, that's a massive thing. I, I think the word personal development to me, essentially, if I could just sum it up very shortly, is just in control. Can we learn to be in control of ourselves and not be emotionally triggered by a lot of external noise? And also, can we stay aligned to what's truly important to us in our life and not be living a life almost repeating somebody else's and spending most of your life trying to be somebody else and not be yourself, mm, mm. you know, and, and this, this, this to a lot of people thinking, wow, this, this is a bit deep for personal trainers. They just want to learn nutrition and training. It's like, <laughs> well, we wouldn't have so many people leaving the fitness industry, Roger, yeah. if, if it wasn't for, if, if they were more in control and more, more happy in themselves, because a lot of personal trainers, as you know, working with many over the years, a lot of people join the fitness industry because the gym is probably the thing that's got them out of their dark place. Absolutely. And what happened during the whole pandemic, a lot of the personal trainers themselves got in depression. Amazing. Huge, huge. I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of people that said to me, you know, how did you find the, the, um, the pandemic? And I said, I, we, I, I doubled a portion of my business during the pandemic because of the amount of mentoring that people needed. Um, it was, it was incredible. It was, listen, Mark, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do. You know, I've not got this and I've got, not got that. And I spent a lot of time and I normally do a call once a week with a, an online group. I have, I ended up doing two, two and a half hours a week with these guys. I have a mastermind program that meets with me once a month. I ended up doing two and a half hours with those independently every week to just keep everybody on track. And, mm. What I noticed with, with everybody is that they very quickly became very disillusioned with the whole thing and weren't able to control their own emotions around the whole situation. And there were, there were a lot of personal trainers, a lot of fitness professionals who really went downhill and they didn't stop and go, I can get in control of this. I can take this forward. I can do that. They actually had to have a lot of support. So where they, where they knew a lot, they didn't know how to apply it. And when we sit down and create our education programs, that's why 
helping, helping a coach identify where their challenges lie, helping them to overcome them. But it's not, I don't believe in motivation. Um, I, I think that we all, it's nice to have a bit of motivation, but the deep rooted, the deep rooted thing that keeps people moving forward is the inspiration. Mm. It's Amen. the thing, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, you know, motivation is easy to pick up a, you know, an Eric Thomas, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> soundbite sound or a Tony Robbins video <laughs> or something that says, you are greatness. And you're like, I am, I am great. And you can go down the road, but then turn that MP3 player off, you're gone. Yeah. You know, <clears> I, 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 James Hollingshead, who's a IFBB pro, I'm sure you know. Um, J James mm. put a post out yesterday and I loved it. He got like seven plates on this back squat. And he went, no noise, no anger, just me lifting. And it was almost like uh, he didn't need to make himself angry. He didn't want, he didn't, made a point that he didn't need external stimulus because the inspired driver five weeks out from a pro show, it's all he needed. Five weeks out from a pro show. <laughs> but, but Seven plates aside. <laughs> right. I, 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 and obviously, you know, I know you've competed in, and when you're normally that 5.5 weeks out, I mean, to, to be that strong. But yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. When I speak to a lot of personal trainers, they don't know what inspires them. They, they are mm -hmm. a personal trainer by trade. They are a person that works with clients by trade. And I'm like, tell me what inspires you every day. And I find a lot of personal trainers after a year or two are so lost and they're so, this word burnt out that's used all the time. Yeah. Roger, it, what is it? Seven o'clock in the evening and you and I, both our eyes are wide open and buzzing to talk about these wonderful subjects. <laughs> and both of us that's have it. been in the industry a long amount of time. Whereas a lot of personal trainers get to five o'clock in the evening and go, God, is that my last client? Oh, can't wait till the weekend. Mm. And I think, we can't, I think we've lost kind of touch of, you know, what, what inspires us, what motivates us, because the fitness industry for me is, it's just been an incredible gift. And yes, I've spent a lot of time trying to find out how I, you know, where I fit in the kind of grand scheme of the direction that I want to go. But, you know, a lot of personal trainers join it and they're trainers, a lot of fitness professionals, online coaches join it because they, they think that that's what they need to do, but they've not got their they've not got their purpose nailed down of where they want to be because ultimately once you add the knowledge, the skill, the science, the biomechanics, the theory to it, it's like the icing on the cake. But yeah. when you add the icing on the cake to, and the cake's not there, it just looks a bit of a mess. And that's <laughs> what inspires me, it, you know, because my journey in the fitness industry since the age of 24 has been, Oh my God, I'm scrambled. I mean, Roger, I was finishing personal training at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon and I literally was, I can only describe it as absolutely wasted till Sunday night. The first thing I'd go out on a Friday night, Saturday, I mean, this was early on in my journey, mm. but Saturday, Sunday, out with the boys, Monday back. And I was so challenged between trying to keep hold of a social life, trying to be a fitness professional. And I got very, very lost with that. And I think that's a big, this is a big thing where you're trying to juggle these two kind of personalities. And that was one of my biggest challenges. And that's why when I see trainers in that kind of loss zone, I know now with the systems that I have in place, how to overcome that. Um, and it's not just from having a conversation, it's a set process of doing it. But, you know, that will, that's what fulfills me, you know, getting somebody back on track so they're inspired every day. You know, it's kind of a blessing that you went through certain things, that you've yeah. experienced it and you can take note from it. And that way you will know what other people are going to go through. So it's like, yep, yep, don't worry. I've been there. I can tell you exactly what to do. 
So these things that you have in place now, it can um, really create a great foundation for people. So as you mentioned about the, um, um, this, what do you call it? No, not self-esteem. There was another word you called it. Self-confidence. Yeah. 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 You know, self-confidence that, that is a real foundation really. Yeah. And I think, when I look at a lot of personal trainers or people in the fitness industry, I think a lot of people kind of get into it because of the way they look. Yeah. And, um, or some people, they may get into it because they see it as maybe an easy avenue to get some kind of fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see how this person is doing it. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a real kind of um, surface value thing. You know, there's no real essence like deep rooted love passion for it so the moment there's a slight turbulence they fall apart immediately yeah, completely, completely. it's you superficial and, and i think that that's that's a that's an incredible what you've just said is you know a lot of a lot of fitness professionals i mean i i'll be honest with you you know i i was bullied at school um i wasn't particularly you know i had some great friends but didn't do particularly well with the girls um, I wasn't particularly very intelligent at school. And here's the thing. As soon as I started going to the gym, I started playing better at sport. As soon as I played better at sport, my friend's network improved. As soon as my friend's network improved, my confidence went up. And then when I left school and, be and started training a little bit more, I started to learn about training and read you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding and Chris Aceto's Nutrition for Bodybuilding. And I started to learn that I could change my body shape. And in doing that, it increased my self-confidence. Yeah. And funnily enough, this was at 14, 15 years of age. And this whole thing about coming into the fitness industry, I knew my purpose from the age of 23, 24, even though I was kind of coming out of partying a bit, I knew that if the fitness, if, if, if this thing, the gym had made me feel this way after feeling so badly that way, I just want to make people feel a bit of how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas on the flip side, if somebody has gone through a lot of low self-confidence, not really aware, and this is a big thing, become aware of your journey. I, I don't care whether you're in the fitness industry. I don't care whatever you've been in. Go from the age of 10, five, and just take an, take an afternoon one day and write down the pivotal parts of your journey. Being bullied when you were 15, splitting up with a, you know, a relationship that you think was horrific, and start to look how this actually has started to pan out and map out. Because to try and find your purpose, actually, your life so far has been very evidential of events that you've taken control of mm -hmm. that tell you exactly why at the age of 19 you became a personal trainer <laughs> yeah right like here's the thing like i started i started lifting weight 14 15 because i was bullied and i didn't feel very strong and then when i started to play rugby i realized that playing sport and winning and, and feeling good about myself was something i wanted more of mm -hmm. you know i wanted to play rugby i enjoyed hitting people when i played rugby i got quite a lot of aggression and then i played national you know representative uh, rugby for my county and then after that, I was like, what's the next challenge? What, you know, after playing rugby, I got to first team in my local area for many years. I was like, and, and there was a big part of me that said, can I get more? And then I actually, believe it or not, Roger, um, I remember at school having a box where we used to keep all our food in. I was at private school. And we had boxes, like a tuck box. And in there was MD magazines from when I was 14, 15. And I didn't see them until I was 18. And I used to read these magazines and see these bodybuilders. And funnily enough, it's not until you go back through your life and remember that you had a photo of Dexter Jackson on your wall. 
it's not until you, and for those of you that don't know, he's an IPB pro bodybuilder, still going strong. Yeah. He's um, last Olympia now, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I believe yeah. so. But I just looked at this chiseled midsection of this man and I was like, wow. And, and it blew my mind. And I, even when I wrote down the list of my journey at the age of 17, I had a big, had a pair of those old Ronnie Coleman baggy, baggy bottoms, <laughs> 17. Yeah. And I had a bulldog on a vest on my chest. And it was just like, <laughs> I wanted to be that person, but if you don't go back over your life so far, you don't realize how much fitness played a part at 14. Mm. And then you actually realize that it's no surprise that you end up being a personal trainer. It's no surprise that you're embedded in the fitness industry. And then that gives you a purpose. It gives you a story. It gives you something to carry forward. And then you start waking up in the morning at 23, 24 going, I was actually supposed to be this person. And now I get the opportunity to help other people. And that's one of the things I, I like. I like coaches to write out um, what their life has demonstrated so far and then create a purposeful statement of where they're at and what they're here to, to do. Because there's nothing ama more amazing than somebody standing up and saying, I'm on this planet too. I'm, I'm on this planet to i mean look you know this podcast you know it's, it's going to be reaching thousands you know and it's making you, you create the podcast i'm sure to make an impact absolutely and i believe that we all insiders have a desire to make an impact in some way shape or form you know um i wrote a book recently it was it was with the intention of having something tangible on the coffee table of as many fitness professionals around the world um, and, and, and for me, it was like, that's what I want to do. And, and, and okay, you might look at somebody and think, yes, they've got there where they are. But if you don't find what your purpose is now, you've never got your, never, ever going to have your opportunity to leave an impact. So it might be, why don't you find out now? I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to work with, you know, 19, 18, and even, even people just getting into the fitness industry at some point to say, what would happen if I helped you right now? Because some people say to me, just let somebody evolve through life. And they'll get where they're going to get to in their own time. And I'm like, what if we didn't waste time? What if we stopped right now and said, can we do a deep dive and find out what your purpose and journey and life is going to look like and take control now? Maybe people might turn around to me and say, yeah, but you should allow, you, know, you should allow people to just evolve through life. And I said, well, when I took, was at 23, I did a real deep inspection of where I was. And I wrote a letter to myself and said, I'm going to be the best known trainer in my town. And then I wrote a list of how I'm going to do that. And then once I'd done that, in my perception, I said, right, I've done it. I wanted to be the best known trainer in Nottingham. When I'd got in the local press in Nottingham, I'd won, you know, but I'd, I'd competed. And I was like, yeah, that's done. <laughs> and I'm sure like with your competing and various different things you've done through your life, there's always what's next. Yeah. yeah and and if you live by that mentality if you can't see what's next nine times out of ten you don't really know why you're here and that's why for me to try and find out it is is so inspiring and you can find out you really can you can you know um a, a great quote by john Martini, who i've studied a lot of his work over the years he said the quality of your life depends on the quality of the questions you ask so if at 19 i had asked better questions of myself not saying that I want a different life, but maybe I would have started to investigate and find out a few more things about myself and about the journey I'm on um, a little bit sooner. And, mm. and 
you know, and that's why if you, if I, in an early day, if I can speak to anyone, fitness professionals, business owners, lawyers, just start to ask some more quality questions about you, what's got you here, where you want to get to. Then the funny thing is we are masters of our destiny, right? We can decide how next week pans out. <laughs> if we allow so the, we, we are right. Like mm -hmm. if, if I don't, if I want, I remember doing a three day, um, uh, three day kind of, I'd say retreat. It was a breakthrough event. It was a, it was with a company called the Landmark Forum in London, and um, it, the, the whole three days was it. The title was "How to Live an Incredible Life: Exploring the Possibility That Life Can Be Amazing." So, what was incredible about it was going re right deep inside yourself and saying, "Imagine waking up every day on your pillow, and there was never an opportunity to have a bad day," as in like. Of course, we're always naturally we're going to have days where we're not at our peak, but you wake up grateful for everything that's going on. You're purposefully the, 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 the kind of master of your own destiny. You're driving your own ship. So mm. it's how to how to get in control. Mm. Mm. And, and I came away from there initially a bit lost because everybody around me thought I was a bit weird. Um, <laughs> well, I, I I'd played rugby for 22 years. When I started speaking to the lads, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm going on my own ship now. I'm going to my destiny's here. And they were like, whoa. Um, and, and, and so it took a little bit of time for me to adjust, but it was the first time I really did some deep, deep, deep understanding of myself. And whilst I am still, and always will be, you know, um, you know, somebody that's a great network of friends, one thing or another, I, there's a, there's a great deepness to me that believes that wherever I've got to, I've had a purposeful, intentional, every step of the way has been intentional. Mm. And I think if we live the life of more intent, I want to get there and to reverse engineer it, these things have to happen. I, I, I'll get there. And I think a lot of people think, I don't care what you think about achieving. It's, it's, not, it's not possible for everybody, Mark. And I remember at the age of 25, my NLP coach at the time said to me, you know, anything's possible, Mark. And I went, no, 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 no. Listen, you're either born wealthy, you're born silver spoon, load of, load of crap. And she said, that's, that's absolute rubbish, Mark everybody can create wherever they want to get to. And that was a big opening moment for me. So if you wake up with the intent of building an incredible physique every freaking day, the end result is an incredible physique. How, yeah. if, if it's, I mean, you, you train intentionally to stay the way that you look. Absolutely. I've been doing it for, man for many years i mean i started at the gym when i was 16 but i was training my dad bought me weights when i was like eight years old you know and i was playing around with the weights then but yeah intently i was training on a regular basis and i started off sprinting and i used to wake up about six o'clock in the morning to jog around the park and this was like around 12 years old without anyone telling me my intent was to be the fastest runner um in london and that's you, all my focus was. Do you know what I find fascinating? If we stay aligned with the things that we truly love, they're actually the things that no one has to remind us to do. I'm sat here with books around me, my, on the floors, my training gear, my food, I prepare still. And no one has to remind me to do those things. It's like a mother. No one has to remind a mother to go and collect their children at school. But they're the things that are deeply inspiring to us. And I think a lot of people don't identify what, what, what am I actually inspired by? Because training 
you don't necessarily have to love training. Like, you and I, I mean, we love going to the gym, love training, but you don't have to love it, but we can love the outcome. You know, we, we can love yeah. everything about it, but there are so many things that people are intentional about and get a great outcome of, and they don't realize that if they're intentional about a few other things, they'd get a similar outcome. You know, and, and this for me brings me back to, a, to, to coaching. It brings me back to being a personal trainer. So many of them, so many of the coaches in the industry, fitness, even online coaches, they're not intentional with running their business because it's not truly something that they want to necessarily do or they haven't identified their purpose within the industry. And that's where they get a little bit lost. And like you said, they get depressed, they get stressed, and they become very unfulfilled. And, and for me, if a trainer is going to be successful, it's not just a measure of how much they know. An online coach isn't going to be successful based on how much they know. It's whether or not they're living fulfilled and inspired on a purposeful, intentional mission to achieve something. Yeah. And if you ask anybody, what are you here to do? And they'll go, well, that's a bit deep. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm here to inspire and help personal trainers find their purpose so they can have a fulfilling, successful, happy career. And if you go back to when I was training people, I'm here to help people achieve a body shape that they never thought was possible. Take them to beyond where they thought was possible. My mum always used to say, if anybody would say, would you, you know, oh, I'm going to train with your son. And um, she would say, he won't train you. Just because she knows they, they would mess me about. And I'll never forget her hairdresser. He was like, oh, I think I'm going to reach out to your son. And she was like, don't bother. <laughs> now, I, I trained everything from lawyers to bankers to mums to, to whatever. But with this guy, she just knew categorically, no. Because I was so focused and I'd always explain to people, I'll train anybody. Just come in and give it your all. And, and, and I think that there again lies an issue for trainers is, you know, they'll train so many, such a variety of people that three or four, five years, seven, ten years down the line, they want nothing to show for it. You know, and, and that for me is, if, that, if that's your own, if you could turn around to me and say, do you know what? I'm here and inspired to help everybody in this gym, as many people as possible. But then at the end of it, I'm like, are you fulfilled? Nah, not really. I haven't really made a big difference. It's like, well, part of your journey is to train a certain type of people to find out who it is that you love working with. And then once you get to that point of loving working with those people, you have an opportunity to make a bigger impact if you like. But being known for not a lot or being known for a lot is actually, we, we're, we're all inspired by having making a difference to something and i think that that goes back to kind of finding what that something is and and uh you know once we've got that you can teach anybody facebook ads you can teach anybody lead generation you can teach anybody how to scale a business but if the business isn't right and true and congruent with the person i think that's just a spiral of coming back on yourself every single time nope that didn't work right to try another business that, that didn't work. And that's why you get some coaches trying to be a body transformation coach, trying to be a bodybuilder, trying to be this. And for so many years, they're trying so many different things. If you right at the beginning find out what am I actually here to do, that's where I think that you've got people's opportunity to live an incredibly inspired life. Mm -hmm. you know? So you've now written a book, um, Level Up. I have. Congratulations. I have. Congratulations. Is this your first book? Yes, it is my first book. Okay, man. Yeah, yeah, Major yeah. congrats. Thank All you right. very much. You know what? I had somebody message me today and it was on a, a IG story 
And there was like, when's the next book? And I rang my publisher actually three weeks ago and I said, I got another book in me. And they were like, <laughs> trust me, not yet. And I was, it's, it's taken eight months to kind of get to, to print. Um, and uh, I'm incredibly, incredibly proud with it. And uh, the, the, the lessons I've learned through doing it have, have been phenomenal. But uh, it, it's been an incredible journey because I didn't think I'd be able to write one for many, many years. And, mm. and uh, you know, when people have said online, like Brian Tracy is a very well-known you know, growth personal development uh, expert. And he just says, everyone's got a book in them. Yeah. everybody's got a book in them. And when I read that, I had like almost anxiety because I knew I wanted to write one. And when somebody points out something that you see in yourself, that normally gives you the willies, as I call it. You kind of go, go ah, wish I hadn't seen that post. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> you know, and it's because, you, it's because they're saying the thing that you're saying to yourself. It's like, man, you've got a book. You've got uh -huh. a book. Mm. Um, and I will tell you this, I, I remember being in, in Q, I'd, I'd been asked to fly out to, I think I said this to you on the phone the other day, but I'll, I'll explain it today because it's, it's a really valuable thing that I learned. There was that our, our greatest teachers are often the people surrounding us. We never actually ask them questions. It's like, what are my qualities in life? Do you ever ask those around you, your clients, your friends? Because often we're the worst person. You know, tell me your bio. Well, God, let your friends write your bio. You know, at the end of the day, most of the people around us know where our, where our talents lie, where our skills lie, where our own inner genius lies. It's like, you know, you might ask somebody who's a colleague of yours to say, Roger, you're an incredibly kind, intense listener. In fact, even speaking to Eduardo, who you worked with at Third Space, he just says, you know, you listened a lot. Even when he, he remembered you from Third Space. And it was like, yeah. when you listen... When you say to people, someone's a listener, I mean, that's an incredible quality because there's so many, in this day and age, when you're, when you're talking to somebody and they're like this, they're not dialed in, right? And, and, I, no, and I do like looking and listening and learning. And I, I think that the interesting thing and why, why I kind of came back to this was I was in Kuwait. I was fly, working over there with a family, <clears throat> and I, sorry, with, a, with a, a gym. And I was asked to speak for two days. And the gentleman who owned the facility was a very wealthy um, Arab gentleman. And he was in his dish dash and he was very smart. And, <laughs> uh, I, and uh, he listened to me speak to this gym full of personal trainers all day. Now, bear in mind, this is an uber successful man. Clearly got a lot of other things going on in his life. He just was at the back and he just listened intently to me. I thought, throughout the day, I thought, there's some value in this guy being here. And at the time, it was playing on my mind about writing a book. And this was two years ago. And I was kind of thinking in the fitness industry, should I write, and this is a whole thing of, you know, am I, am I conforming to what everybody thinks I should be doing in the industry? Should I write a nutrition book, a biomechanics book, a training, a physique book? Like, should it be a subject book? And at the end of the day, I, I, I turned around and everybody had left. And I said to the gentleman that was there, I was like, do you mind if I ask you a question? And he said, by all means. I said, you've listened to me speak. You've heard some of my stories. You've seen me mix with people. I've been wanting to do a book for a long time, but I don't know what subject to write it on. And he said, you'll be writing a legacy book. And I went, <laughs> he said, and you're not done yet, are you? And it was almost 
it's almost like this, this, this guy was placed there to answer this question for me. And I was staying at a phenomenally lovely hotel in, in, in Kuwait. And, and I went and sat on the roof terrace by the pool about 11 o'clock at night. And I went, I'm writing a story. And at that point last year, I spoke to my publisher and she said, you're either going to write a, a biography book or a roadmap book. And a, a roadmap book is literally where you're giving people a roadmap to follow. And I thought back right back to this conversation in Kuwait. And I was just like, you know, Life does give us instructions if we're smart enough to bloody listen. Yeah. And I think this is another tool, right? If we go through our day and listen, there's signs and signals and information and people that you think, well, that was weird. No, it wasn't. If you believe, and it's, it's not a case of believing, it's if you just put your trust in that to be true. That guy was there and he gave me this piece of advice and a year later, Clearly, it had an impact in me. When I spoke to my publishers and said, I know what I want it to be, there it was. Um, so whether or not the, the, what the next book will be, I don't know, but I'm sure there's another one in there. Um, and uh, it's been a very exciting journey so far. So <clears throat> just, just in brief, like what is the entire book about? So the book itself um, is The Fitness Professional's Roadmap to Achieving Excellence. And mm -hmm. I remember... Excellent is more narcissistic. It's, 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 it's I, I'm the best. I'm excellent. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cool. However, excellence is a ENCE. There's no finish line. There's no end. So for me, life and my journey is about a pursuit of being better. It's just being better today than you were yesterday. Having measures and processes in place personally, physically, and professionally, that you can identify areas in your life, and I've highlighted them all across the book, personally-wise, identifying your own limitations. They're either serving you or compl complicating your journey, and we've got to try and balance our emotions around how we're feeling so that we can navigate a, a journey with clear thinking as opposed to limitation. So the personal development section within the book is how do we level up personally? Mm. identifying a vision for our life, identifying our purpose, identifying our values. Are we living today truly congruent with exactly us? Or are we living our life according to who we think we should be? So a lot of people living in life, how my dad always wanted to me be like this. My parents always thought I should be like this. Let's just let go of that. And you make the decision of the next steps. Because mm. then mm. we get people in control. And when you're in control, you're happy. Now, I say to so many people, would you, would you be out of control making 10K a month or in control making three? Because you'll make no. 10 if you're in control on three. <laughs> right. But you might make 10 and then struggle to get to 12 mm -hmm. because you're mm -hmm. out of control. Then the physical section, and, and there is a lot of the information in the book about personal trainers and the challenges PTs go through and some attributes that I believe that people should instill in themselves to be success. And then it goes into physical. Now, being a man that's taken pride in his own physique, I'm not expecting or, or advising people to be a bodybuilder. What I am saying is that there is a beautiful gift in using your body to, as, a, as a toolbox to learn the, 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 the tools of your craft. Our mm. body is our greatest gift, in my opinion. Well, yeah.
<laughs> that's well, what I mean, we have. <laughs> well, yeah, that's all we have. But here's the thing. Okay, I get an injury. Learn how to fix it. Okay, I'm not sleeping well. Learn how to fix that. Okay, I'm challenged mentally and I don't know where I'm at in life. Learn how to get around it. Oh, I've got a knee pain. Learn about the meniscus. You know, oh, I've pulled my calf. Learn about the, the Achilles. Now, for every part of our journey, when I wanted to add, you know, I went from 80 kilos to 120 kilos. I chose to bodybuild. That was my own purposeful journey. But what I learned along the way about intensity and, and, and life and training my clients and helping them build muscle and helping people get fat, I've done everything that I've expected of other people. So along the way, hire a coach, build your own body. Now I'm saying this, if you're a strength coach, get under the bar. If you're, a, if you're, a, if you're teaching a, a endurance runners, go for, get running. But I remember Ben Pekulski, great friend of mine, he just said, just be 5X your clients. If your client's going to be a regional runner, make yourself a national runner. <laughs> you know, if your client's going to do the, you know, Miami Pro, do UK BFF. <laughs> but be, be five times more. Just, just don't be on par with your clients. Yeah. All right? Be more. So the, the next, the part of the physical section then goes into the education required to at least become a great coach and, and how to develop the physical aspects of, of, of being a great person coach yourself then the, the the professional section is very much about business and about all the aspects of business whether it's finance and money whether it's marketing and branding whether or not it's sales um and how to how to develop more business acumen as a professional because to That's me awesome. you can have a lot of business knowledge but not physical you can have a lot of physical but the personal development journey is not there so it's just like a roadmap to bring it all together and hopefully it, it helps coaches and I've had a lot of people that aren't in the fitness industry use it so far as well. So um, it sounds pretty incredible to be honest with you tying everything together, you know, well, cause yeah, no. some people have one and not the other. So I'm writing a book myself, not quite the same Roger. as yours. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. I was approached by a publisher and I've been, um, yeah, piecing some bits together and yeah, it's a lot to do with, um, yeah, everything I've learned over the years. So, um, you know, I started off with sprinting and moved over to bodybuilding. And so there's, there's parts of it which actually takes people through my story and how I got into uh, fitness itself, you know, to give the real emotional side of things, the, the yeah. personal part of it. But then I also get into, yeah, lots of things um, to do with, wow, just different parts of fitness, to be honest. You know, talking about, you know, understanding like human potential, things that I've gathered along the way and looking at um, my view on building my own human potential and yeah. getting people to have that, that sort of visualization. That's, that's kind of what it's around, like, yeah, building the human potential. So I'll go into um, my understanding of what I've learned from like genetics and body types, uh, the chemistry of, of biology and, you know, fat loss and, you know, tying everything together, you know, um, because, you know, when people want to look at fat loss, it's not just the case of reducing the calories. There's so much more to it. You yeah, know, there's so much more to understanding the body, looking in, in hormones and, um, um, cellular health, uh, microbiome. Yeah, so I break down like loads of different sections to, to get people to think of the body in, in different sections. And it's like, okay, how does it work as a whole? 
yeah. uh, and you know just taking pre- people through my journey as to like how I came through these things so but it's going to be pretty interesting don't, don't, don't you think that 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 you just talked about the microbiome and physiology when we have this beautiful thing that is the body and how much if we if we serve it well and feed it well what our potential truly is and therefore how much there is a possibility that people are missing throughout life by not having that human potential that 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 that, that as you said it within your book giving people the opportunity within fitness to to look just outside the individual aesthetics of a muscle and and how i look in the mirror mm. to how wonderful it is to wake up and feel fresh every day how wonderful it is to have energy throughout the day um, how incredible the gut microbiome can make the brain you know and i think that that what you're creating there is you know when people come and have personal training or, or, or exercise and they go, Oh my God, in two weeks, I know I've lost some weight, but I'm sleeping so much better. And we're like, well, that's kind of how life's supposed to be. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you, you do have an opportunity to feel well and feel great and feel energized. And then with that comes being happy and fulfilled. Um, and, and, you know, I know it's taken me 19 years and, you know, I met my wife four years ago. Um, and, and there was a huge journey. I mean, I, I said throughout my whole life, you know, it, it's about fulfilling different areas of your life. And as you start building and layering on these different areas, wonderful things come in as a result of it. And I think that there's a lot of opportunities that are potentially missed. And you, you, you know, you look at what you were talking about in fitness, you know, getting the digestive system, right. Your sleep patterns, right. Your nutrition, right. You know, what's possible if you bring all those together and i i personally apply that to the fitness industry in terms of fitness professionals building a business but mm. it still comes down to when i wrote in the book about physical you know your sleep your energy your mood you know if you want to build a business if you're down in the dumps because you're unhealthy and unwell then that's not a great foundation to build a successful business you know and, and that's where i think that you look at a lot of the successful business owners now that millionaires and billionaires they do take their health important they do yeah. see their health as an important part in in, in the their, 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 their business so uh when do you think your book will be out um we're looking at uh i think march 2021 wow because of the whole pandemic um yeah. it kind of pushed it back a bit um i am gonna have someone writing a little bit of it because i'm i'm working on so many things right now i'm just going to be like okay i need you to just fill out these parts for me um but i've written quite a lot right now to be honest Uh, at least forty thousand um words but obviously a bit more to do um but yeah man i've got so much to cover even right now as i'm interviewing people like yourself i'm gathering more knowledge i write stuff down um i see how it um is congruent with the current things that work so you know it doesn't it doesn't compromise what i already know it there's no um you know everything there's there's synergy when with the stuff that i'm talking about in the book it's not like wait you said this and you said that that doesn't make sense yeah things have to fit together well, so, I, I, I thought that with the book with mine you know because during the pandemic for the last four months i studied in in a lot during the pandemic you know i mm. you know I, I i i read a lot of books and and i actually got the book done towards the end of the pandemic it was it launched on the 3rd of august 
And as I'm now learning more and learning more, there are parts of me that goes, oh, I would have loved to have added that in the book and this in the book and that in the book. But, you know, it's a collective of a journey and we'll learn more. And that probably, that learning more is probably going to be the stuff that's led into the next one, right? Yeah, um, no doubt. No doubt. I'm I was quite interested. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. Me too. Yeah. I'm like, you know, because I had a publisher come to me and said, you should write a book. And I was like, me? No, 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 no. I, I need to be a few more years in the industry first. He was like, no. How long have you been training? And I think at the time it was, uh, yeah, about two, 24 years. And he was like, yeah, you're, you're due to write a book. And I was like, shit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, like you, you get these things where um, maybe things just come back from your past, which try to hinder you, try to hold yeah. you back. You know, these yeah. things that remind you that maybe you failed in school, even though I've, 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 I've had such great success since I've left school, yeah. you know, I'm still reminded of school and how much of a failure I was at school. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But um, you, you know, the, the whole, I, 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 at school scraped through everything. Right. Um, and I, what fascinates me about school is, and, and I, how old are your children? You got your daughter, got one. I've got three kids actually. I've oh, got wow. two, two older ones. Uh, so my youngest, she's six. She just turned six recently. Uh, I'm with, I mean, I haven't got children, but you know, I, Ben Pekulski, as I said, good, great friend of mine, and he, he describes his children as um, just incredible little human beings. We're just going to take a short break and return right back. Many of us suffer from physical pain, some form of insomnia, mental health issues, or have problems with relaxing. All this can lead to chronic stress-related illnesses. That's why I use PEMF by Numed, all their devices are medical grade and have double-blinded clinical studies to show its effectiveness. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Fields. Simply put, PEMF is a form of magnetic therapy using electromagnetic fields generated by copper coils. It targets the body at a cellular level, helping with a variety of disorders, diseases, conditions, and injuries through a wide range of applications. It actually helps with brainwave activity to assist with reducing mild depression and anxiety. If you suffer from sciatica, pelvic pain, rheumatoid arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, PEMF can help with that also. And lastly, if you want to reach peak performance and maximize your athletic ability, then yes, PEMF can help. Check out NewMed today at newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. That website link again is newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. Achieving your health peak has never been easier. We are now going to return right back to the podcast. Thank you. And I just love that. I love that saying, because at the end of the day, you know, we have that gift in anyone that we have the privilege of, whether it's children or people are hiring us to support them on their journey, but supporting a child and finding out what's inspiring to a child and then allowing, you know, through school and the school that I was at, 
nothing was done to try and help you understand what you were motivated and inspired by. A, a curriculum with school is very much, this is what the curriculum is, you do it, and a lot of children aren't fulfilled doing it. Mm. And it fascinates me to, to watch how well children succeed when they're doing things that they love. You know, and that, that for me at school, I think, the funny thing is, and you talk about, you know, microbiome and physiology and biology, I didn't pass any of that at school. In fact, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. And I have ended up educating on hormones and gut and digestion and sleep and stress and biomechanics. And when you look at biomechanics, it's about physics. And I'm up there presenting physics and angles. And I remember my dad heard, heard me speak once and he was like, where the heck did you learn that? I was like, I just buried myself in books and learn it. And, and this is amazes me because so many of us later on in life learn the things that were taught to, to us when we were younger, but because we weren't inspired at that young age and we couldn't link it to something that we loved. But then as soon as I could link it to personal training, I'm straight in a physics book. Yeah. Yeah. It just fascinates me because I think schooling would be incredible if the, if, if, if more was done to find out how you could link the subject to the thing that the child's inspired by the most, and see if we could create a link between that and how much better learning would be um, and different environments for learning. And, and uh, yeah. I'm, I'm by no means you know, going to guinea pig my child when I have a child. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm going to be very mindful of the greatest parts of my life is when I found out what I was inspired to do. And when, that was when I was 17, 18, wanting to become a, you know, get into the fitness world, you know? So mm. uh, it's a, it's a fascinating subject for me. And, and one which, you know, I'm not on this planet to make an impact on the educational system of schools, but certainly like you said, you know, failed at school. I didn't do very well at school, but why on earth have I then ended up writing a book and teaching the subjects that I couldn't stand? That, that blows my mind because at school I went, you're rubbish at maths, you're rubbish at this, you're rubbish at that and rubbish at that. And you're never going to be good at it. They would tell you that at school. You're yeah. never going to be good at chemistry. And you're like, do you know how damaging that, damaging that is to a kid who goes on to achieve way more than you ever will? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, <clears throat> I think it shows how much the teacher failed, really. And, well, you know, the teaching system alone. I remember seeing a, a video on Instagram, this guy who puts out inspirational videos. And he was just talking about how things had, has developed over the years. Uh, you know, he, he said, like, oh, this was... Uh, this the, this is the car in, um, I don't know, like the 1800s. And this is like uh, a car of today. And this is, and he compared something else. I can't remember what it was of 1800s. And this is of that of today. And then he said, this is the teaching style uh, in the 1800s. And then he said, this is it of today. And it looked exactly the same. Wow. So the point of that video was, he said, the teaching style has not changed but yet they expect us to change, us to yeah. develop. And um, it was a real big eye-opener because it's like, why are they still having children sit on these seats while the teacher is writing up on the board and just speaking directly uh, to the kids, um, expecting, them, expecting them to enjoy learning? You know, these are children. Children want to enjoy life. Yeah. And learning isn't, necessarily fun unless you know you make it fun you know 
Or did you know, I heard something that was incredible yesterday. We talk about kids having, you know, I'd probably say at school, they tried to say that I'd got, you know, mild dyslexia or whatever, you know, growing up. They were trying to label me with these kind of learning issues when I was younger, which really frustrates me now. Because if you actually look, um, I remember hearing recently, you know, of, of, a, of a child parent said, clearly a dyslexic or autistic or something just will not do the work at school. And um, again, John Martini, one of his teachings would say, the parents sat down and said, you have to fix this child. As if the parents said, you have to fix this child. Wow. And this child's like, but there's nothing wrong with me. I just don't like this subject. And he went, okay, well, let's do, let's do a little test, shall we? You say your child's not intelligent. You tell your child, child's not good with figures. You tell your child, child doesn't like learning. Yes, can't stand it. Okay. Little boy, he said, what do you love to do more than anything in the world? And he went, play my computer games. And he told him the exact computer games that he wants to do. He's done all the levels, knows all the boxes, could tell you all the players, all the scores, and he can add all the scores up of everybody in every different section. The child doesn't have a learning problem. He's inspired to learn off this whole thing that he's been through. Now, if you attached computer games to the way he wanted to learn, that kid would probably, probably be a genius. He was just so inspired by something else and not that learning style, that because that learning style didn't conform to what the parents wanted him to do, because that's what they did, he's a loser. Yeah. But his learning style in this modern era is very different. You know, and if he's going to learn, like if you have a child that loves golf and he plays every golf game and then he's able to, to, to score all of the individual shots and the handicaps and the pars and whatever, and then he put all, can you name the top six golfers in the, in the league on the computer game? Of course, so-and-so, so-and-so. And what was his round? He did 92, he did 100. Like, and you can just articulate it all. Surely you can't say that that child has a learning problem if they can rattle off all that information. And that blows my mind again, because if you asked me when I came out of school to put together a pr training program that was periodized over a particular period of time when I went through my personal training, of course I could. And I, I remember sitting down listening to a, a strength and conditioning coach who took me through a full four-year periodized, periodized plan for a strength and conditioning athlete to the bobsleigh. I watched the whole thing. So intently, I came off and sat on the plane on the way back from, from, from America and I went, I'd love to, and I was, I was studying it the whole bit all the way through. And there was one bit on the plane journey. I said to myself, where have I learned to be this focused? Amazing. I, I, and we are focused with the things that we're deeply inspired to do. Yeah. I, and, 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 you know, that, um, you know, that blows my mind because children, if, if they find the things that they're deeply inspired to do and love, and if you did that to me at school and took me in the rugby and weightlifting and sports arena and then linked the sport and rugby to the necessity to learn a subject linked to that sport i think i'd be very good and i think that's how it is probably with a lot of kids if it was a case of you know they're assessed to find out what their real interests are and teachers were to be like okay this particular learning style is that's that's what's going to work for them cool. this is the approach which we're going to make for these children it's just a pity it's not that way. Okay, we're yeah, going to do it yeah. this way. This way or the highway. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's move on. I want to ask your views on different types of diets, really. Oh. You've got so many different types. You know, you know, you've got people who decide to be vegan, yeah. carnivores, fruitarians, yeah. 
paleo, flexitarian. Uh, what's your generalized approach to diet? Do you have a, a certain like systematic approach or viewpoint? This is funny. Last year, <clears throat> having been a, a meathead um, <laughs> for a long time, six, seven meals, Tupperware, everywhere you go, tube, plane, train, you name it. Um, you've been there, Roger. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me going, awful, awful. <laughs> oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I definitely can relate. I can relate. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I was thinking, oh, my God, Roger's going, oh, what a loser. But, yeah, we've been there. But, but here's the thing. He, he, I, I remember I've got video libraries that when I used to do online coaching for a lot of people, when people signed up with me, I'd have videos explaining the nutrition, training, etc. And every so often I go and look back over them for a bit of a laugh. And uh, I used to be very fixated on if you if if I eat this way, you eat this way. So I would have I would have like postnatal women start on five meals a day, you know, and make sure that they didn't leave the house without Tupperware. I mean I, I got very good results, but at the end of the day, um, I think before social media, that was kind of a very polarized view that personal trainers were almost like fitness and physique people and that's the way that it worked. And as science became very more evolved and we became um, open to a lot of these different diets and their research, um, you know, for a long time, I studied under the Pollock Institute and Charles Pollock was very, very much along the paleolithic style of eating. Right, yeah. And, and um, I personally really struggled with that, with energy. Um, and I remember going, I competed six years ago and Jacob Wilson, I don't know if you know him, Dr. Jacob Wilson. Um, he is a, a professor, a lecturer, at, at, was at Tampa university. Um, and Ben Pekulski was competing at the time and, uh, I would go over, I'd train with Ben and he took me and, and, and actually, um, and did a test and looked at your metabolic, um, energy expenditure in terms of it's called a metabolic cart so they look at your uh, whether or not you are predominantly a fat oxidizer or a, or, or a carbohydrate utilizer mm -hmm. and ben ben had actually dieted in for his show and we ended up doing a segment on a youtube channel about kind of metabolic flexibility so you can adapt yourself to be more of a fat burner and more of a carb burner and mm -hmm. during the prep i was on around 60 percent of my diet was carbs and i was 62 63 percent carb utilizer but Ben was more fats and he had adapted his body through fat adaptation to be more of a fat burner, but he had a lot of energy using fats. He, he was lean. He felt fantastic, but on carbs, I feel great and fantastic, <laughs> but I can adapt myself. And it was my first kind of real opener to, wow, people can eat kind of different, feel a different way. And I've always eaten Roger, uh, mince beef for breakfast. I'm minced always, beef for breakfast. I always eat minced beef and nut butter. Mix it up. Bit of a bit of a random mix for those listening to the to the podcast. <laughs> um, but for me, I've kind of noticed that my energy levels feel fantastic in the morning. If I keep just some coffee and some meat, um, and I don't really have carbs until I kind of hit around about training. Um, and what I started to do was just kind of play around with certain things. And even through my coaching, I started to realize that genuinely so long as i i kept people within a kind of caloric range and they weren't overeating trying to get people to eat roughly something that was possible was a great way to look at things 
because we create a, nine times out of 10 in the fitness industry, we create a diet that's quite an impossibility for people by giving them lower carbs or giving them, you know, uh, let's start keto. It's the great way for you to go. You know, there's a lot of research on keto and cancer and all this kind of more advanced science. But I, to answer your question, I think the first step with anybody is to find something that they can follow realistically. Yes, of course, around the 30, 30% you know, protein intake, ensuring that, that we're having enough protein. But firstly, finding out something that works for you. Yes, we can talk about carbs in and around training and, and how it affects blood sugar pre-bed and all this sort of stuff. But I think ultimately, the first thing is, if we're trying to help people lose weight, the first thing that we've got to do is respect a caloric level an amount of food in my, in my opinion. And then mm -hmm. if we can start to manipulate that diet, depending on when we've, we've got people coming to see us just like you, you would, you know, who are, you know, by medical standards, more likely more insulin resistant and therefore would predominantly do better on a lower carb diet. But if they're not overeating and they're not diabetic, it doesn't mean that their pancreas has stopped producing insulin. So they could manage some carbs. And that's where I think when we actually look at all this, the big issue that we've got in the fitness industry is can we find something that someone's going to follow to start with? Yeah, most important. Mm. Can we? Can we? Because we've got to balance a lot of struggles. We've got people that are busy in the city of London or wherever they are in the world. We've got, we've got all these things going on. And, and I know John Berardi was just, you know, in, in a great book that, that he had, Changemakers, he, he said, you know, we need to be very much more client-centered central and not coach-centered. Right. I've been studying the ketogenic diet. I've been studying the Atkins diet. You need to follow this. Let's be client focused and say, what could you follow? If I would like, if you've asked me to help you lose weight and our target is going to be this, what could you follow? And if we start there, of course we can go down the realm of keto and we can start to look at all these different diets. But the first thing is, what's the goal? on what's likely possible. Now, here's the thing. If you're gonna be an endurance runner and you're nailed in with your diet or you're a bodybuilder, of course we can look at the research in, in fat adaptation for endurance or we can look at you know, carbohydrate-based diets for bodybuilding. But my, my initial answer to you is based on very much general population people is, let's get to the question of what could you follow rather than mm -hmm. what I think you should follow. Makes total sense. What's your thoughts on people who just blindly go with what's in fashion, such as <laughs> veganism? There's a new, uh, I don't know, vegan craze right now. There is, there is. There is. Um, I, what a great question. Do you know, I, I think there's something that's, 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 that's very important to, to, to kind of address here. I, I, I think that a lot of people are not certain of themselves. And if they were certain of themselves, they would make choices that weren't uh, based on the opinions of others. And we are, a lot of the people that follow things, and you say, why are you vegan? And they can't give you a definitive answer. Then that is somebody that's uh, following a trend and being, uh, following the values of others. So I think this is great. I'm going to follow this. Yes, I think it's a good idea. I think it's naive in a lot of cases when you say, why are you, why are you a vegan? And then you're unable to explain why you're a vegan. And I, I, everyone's free to do whatever they like. If you would love to be vegan and you're happy being vegan and you can notice how it makes you feel. But I also know there's probably a lot of people that are doing vegan diets that aren't aware of how it makes them feel, but they're following it to be just 
just it's veganism and I'm going to stick my foot in and say I'm doing it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that there would be a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily be that way if they weren't conforming to other people's views and values. And if they were conforming to their own, then maybe they'd make different choices. But at the same time, I'm also going to say that my research into veganism in terms of should you or shouldn't you do it, um, it, 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 it's not very thorough. So therefore, I would never tell you whether somebody should or shouldn't do it. But I'd say a lot of people that I know do it will often say, I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm just trying it. And therefore, if you're like that, I would say, pull your head back and try and work out what's your goal? What's the outcome? How do you feel? Yeah. Uh, you know, so everybody's, to me, live your life, be happy. If you're not happy, change it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think with, with an approach to food, like if I was to make an approach to food, I'd like to understand a bit more um, about my family background. There may be certain foods that I've been eating over the years, and I'll make some subtle changes here and there. To make a drastic measure like that, taking meat out completely, um, I'm not too sure. Not too sure. What's your I wouldn't heritage? want to. Um, well, when I done a genetics test, it said African, about uh, eighty, no, seventy-eight percent African, and then there was some European and stuff like that. Oh. Uh, my parents are from the Caribbean, but like, if we was to go in deep into the ancestral part, then Africa. Yeah. So, um, and I'm a, also a, an O negative. And I don't know if you follow the whole uh, blood. blood type diet and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I've decided certain things I will keep out of the diet, like um, corn and um, aubergines. I keep that, or eggplants, as people call it. Yeah. And there's some other stuff as well. I can't think off the top of my head. But I do tend to check and see how I'm feeling. What I eat great, something, how do I feel? What a, what a, great, what a great tool. I know, I know right? It's basic. It's yeah, basic. Yeah. Yeah. I know, for instance, if I eat bread, I love the taste of bread. I do. But if I eat bread, I know my stomach swells up. And if I eat, um, in fact, I probably get a better response from eating white bread than eating uh, brown bread. Yeah. The moment I have gluten, I don't, I'm not celiac, but if I eat gluten, my stomach swells up even more. And quite a lot. Quite a lot. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. And um, that's the same with uh, peanuts as well. Happens with peanuts. Uh, but with, with gluten, I actually, my body, my body temperature raises. I get hotter. I feel, I, I, I feel, whew, whew, I feel hot. Well, do, do you know what? I did two days quite a few years ago. Top, Dr. Tom O'Brien, if ever you wanted to research, interview somebody on gluten, right? interview Dr. Tom O'Brien. Well, do you know him personally? He won't, more than likely won't remember me, but I've, I've met him through his presentations nice. years gone by um, and would be, I'm sure I've got his email address. I could do an introduction for you, but he's one of the world's leading authorities on gluten. Oh, wicked. And I, part of my education, we did two days on gluten. And for seven years during my bodybuilding, I didn't eat bread because of his presentations. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, 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 this is where that polarized thing comes in because I'll be honest with you right now. I eat bread every day. Right. And it doesn't cause me bloating. I stopped it because of the, I was frightened by a lot of what was said. But then when, if I took away from it and said, hold on a minute, this was in Alzheimer's patients. This was in people that are showing signs of celiac. This was in signs of people that were seriously showing signs of having problems. My business and my life and my mindset has never been better. And 
I include bread. But here's the other thing. I don't include broccoli because I get bloated from broccoli. So not, right. no, sorry, not broccoli. Um, there are there are certain vegetables. What is the one that I, that I avoid sometimes? What's it, it like? Sorry, you, you know, you, you, used, you used to broccoli, but I put that in. Sometimes it can be mushrooms. Sometimes if I have mm-hmm. quite high FODMAP foods, you know, the FODMAP diet, mm-hmm. um, it, it, if, if I have anything that's kind of like more fermented foods, mm-hmm. that can cause me to have a lot of bloated. Mm-hmm. I, I know we've obviously got candida in our, in, in, in our guts, but, you know, depending on my stress levels as well, I'm very, um, I had a genetic test as well, similar to you, and my, um, I have a high, uh, I, I, I'm a high B vitamin utilizer. And so my, my, from, a, from an energy perspective, I mean, I churn through B vitamins. And if I don't optimize my body with B12, B vitamins, CoQ10, I notice that I'm actually low on energy. Wow. If I try and follow a carb- without carbohydrates in my diet, my body looks flat. I have lower in energy. I focus well, but I'm just not peaking. So I tend to keep at least about 40, 50% of my diet with carbohydrates. That's, that's so amazing. But that's that's like ideal. Like, <laughs> I'm sure there's loads of people like, oh, I wish I was that person. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Here's the thing. Like, let's be honest. I just don't, I, I have a glass of wine a week and I have a meal whenever I want. But nine times out of ten, I know what my diet is Monday to, Monday to Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. I, and I think ultimately the one thing that I am in control of now is I, I look at a meal and I know, is that my ideal caloric intake for that meal? And if it's more, then I expect to get fat. <laughs> you know so that that's where that's where that's at you know that's interesting um so you said you competed isn't it i did i did um how many times have you competed seven seven times yeah six yeah six no six six um Mm -hmm. and do you know what it was it was at a point in my life i did the i did uh three qualifiers three british um my first year qualified uh, first and got into the British, did second at the British UK BFF. What an incredible journey it was. And do you know what? Um, it was later on in my life, you know, I'm 43 now, but I met my wife four years ago. And at the beginning, when we met each other, it was at the beginning of my prep into my last year of bodybuilding. And she dieted with me and it was a phenomenal journey to go in with it. With it. Oh, she just said, let, let, let's diet down together. And, and I, I went through the whole journey. But do you know the funny thing is, Roger, when I did my show and I, and, I, and I turned around to my wife after I did the, the qualifier and then we did the British, I just turned around to her and I went, I'm not stopping bodybuilding. I'll just stop competing. Because that part of me, I mean, I did a shoot seven months later again. You know, I, I'm happy to just diet down for a shoot whenever. But I just, I didn't get the fulfillment of the stage and I think mm-hmm. the reason being is that there's so many areas of my life that are deeply inspiring and fulfilling to me that that stage really did something for me at that time. But that's not to say I'll never go back to stage, but it's not necessarily for me to be there now. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, right. I'm sure a lot of bodybuilders will say, you know, right now the stage, the stage is the thing that's inspiring to them. And I'm fully behind you on that. <laughs> but when I write a book, teach across Europe, do my seminars, mentor coaches, I'm quite happy to stay in shape all year round, but at the same time to compete, you know yourself, I stop everything to compete. Yeah. (laughs) I I would, I, I I stop everything. And even though each time I've competed, I've written eBooks and I think I've done nine eBooks and wrote one to two eBooks every time I competed to give myself a project. (laughs) But I, I, I would almost, I would let everything run alongside it, 
but I would, I would bury myself into do the competing. And I almost know that to go there again, I need a good space of time to commit myself fully again. And uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm even, I'm not saying never. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, the, the, the challenge of competing, I thrived off because, but I, I found that I could bring that challenge in many other areas of business. Very true. Yeah. But you're Very competing true. again, aren't you? Buddy? Me? No. Ah. No, 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 no. I mean, it was fun. I did truly enjoy it. I loved it, man. Loved the stage. I think it's like, because hmm. I, you know, at the, at the very beginning of my life, I was, a, I was an introvert for so many years. And it was like being on the stage just allowed me to just, just break out of that introvert person. I'm still, I think I'm still, I don't know, like it's a bit of a label really saying an introvert, but like, I do like my own space. I do like, you know, when, when the whole pandemic started, I was fine. You know, people are, oh, how are you doing during these crazy times? I'm like, oh my God, it's great. I love it. I don't have to see people. <laughs> I feel great. Um, but going on the stage, it, there's something really magical about it. It feels like it's my time to shine. And, you know, when people go on the stage and they're, they're a bit frightened about like, you know, being judged and stuff like that. Uh, my mindset when I'm on the stage is not that people are... Um, judging me but more a case of people are uh, there to see me they're there to support me or they are only there to see me like almost like I'm there when I go on the stage it's like okay I've arrived like you should all be happy now that's like my mindset uh, so it's such an exciting feeling when I'm on the stage the it's performance beautiful. as well right yeah. yeah that's right you you get to showcase like you know your physique and you know, I, I just remember spending much time not just practicing my poses in the mirror, but I remember I used to uh, spend nights like listening to sort of tranquil music and having like oil burners in the back and visualizing myself on the stage. And um, so I wouldn't really practice the posing so much, but I'd spend so much time seeing myself on the stage. Because I understood that once you're on a stage, the mirror is removed and all you see is the people. Yeah. So in my head, I could already see the people. When I watch back videos of me on the stage, I can see myself like really enjoying myself because it's like, I'd already prepared for this. I already saw the crowd yeah. in my visualization. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was so, so beautiful, so easy. Wow. But um, I feel as though, um, you know, it was a stage which I needed to go through and um, it was good. Um, but I don't know if my passion will still be the same to compete on the stage right now. Um, but you've got other interests, obviously. I think, I think there's always a stage that we all go through and there's a few things. If, if we're evolving, change is inevitable. Mm. If I was still competing, I don't know whether my life would have evolved um, and just like getting to the end of rugby and evolving into bodybuilding, you know, I still train very hard every day, um, or five days a week. And I, I, and I have such, you know, my purpose and mission in life, like my mission in life was to build as best body as I could and win the shows and, and, and do what I did. And then you, one of my biggest visions was utilizing my body, um, to learn about the body and then build my body to build inspiration recognition and, um, in the industry. And I always said, this is something I said on a podcast the other day, actually, 
I said I'd never meet my wife until I built a body, a business, and a brain. I said that at the age of 25 to my NLP coach. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was 33 that she said to me, I said, Jane, why, do I, why have I not met my wife yet? She went, do you not remember telling me when you were younger? You're not going to settle down until you meet, you know, until you built your body and your business and your brain. So I had this intent because I was so small at school to build a body, but I didn't want to build a body that people that I could see. I wanted to build a body that people could see. Mm. And, and, and whether or not that filled a void and it was like, you know, Frank, you know, Frank Zane, you know, the eighties yeah. bodybuilder, remember mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Frank Zane wrote a book called mirror. I think it's called mirror. Um, and he said that your body is, uh, is either a shield of armor or a completion of your character. I'll never forget the book. Wow. And, yeah. and I love this, Roger, because for a long time, my body was a shield of armor. You know, walking down the street, making sure people could see me. Mm. And I remember going out on nights out, and I'd be the guy that would, do, that would do that at the bar, just to see if I could get a little bit of a rise, you know. And, and, and that was an unfulfilled aspect of my life, fulfilling it with just giving it a bit of that. And I remember... And I'm grateful for that because I learned a lot from that time in my life. But right now, training to me is about physical fulfillment and keeping myself strong and looking in the mirror and being proud of what I've achieved. But it's not a shield of armor. I don't feel like I need it to, to, to actually, by the way, this is Mark. He's a body. Mark is, Mark is something else. Mark is something deeper than that. Whereas when I had just the body, but inside there was not a lot, I was trying to find myself. The, 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 the physical exterior of my body kept me safe and secure and actually yeah. was a shield of what was going on inside. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating. Um, as I'm listening to you, um, it's, it kind of takes me back. When I, when I started to build my body, um, I felt as if, like, almost like this is all I had um, because I hadn't built my mindset yet. It was a complete wreck. I, I had I low self-esteem and it was like... If, if people don't ask me any questions, then they won't know I'm, I'm stupid. Just look at my body. That's, that's, that's cool. Like, judge me on this. Yes, of course. And um, as, as I started to get older and my mind started to develop, it's almost like, yeah, I'm proud of what I've created, but I do want people to kind of just move their eyes away from the body a bit and just look in my eyes. Yeah, because course. people can just forget who you are and just judge you for your body. Sometimes it could be great, but sometimes like, oh, come on, could you just like focus on me for a second? Have you ever had that in your life at all? Well, here's the thing. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I've known you as a body the whole of my career in the fitness industry. Right. I've never, ever heard you speak. <laughs> no, no, I mean that. But how right, wonderful yeah. the perception that I build of you if you say to me, oh, you're going to meet Roger, Roger tomorrow, what do you think of him or know of him? I think in life, especially with the social media world that we live in, perception goes back. Perception is a wonderful thing. It's, perception is what we feel or think about something we perceive. And I, I spoke to you the other night and I, and I said to my wife, I had an absolutely lovely conversation with Roger. I really enjoyed speaking to you. But my perception of you prior to that would have been completely different to who you are. And going back to, to kind of like my physique, you know, my shield of armor was, you can see I'm a big boy. Keep out my way. Right. And underneath that, 
there's so many personal trainers that never got to know me. And as a result, when I opened up who I was on social media, when I created a part, I mean, this is the world's ability to get to know Roger Snipes, this podcast. Yeah. And I, and I truly believe that the purpose of the podcast is to allow the world to see that there is a lot more to you than the body. And it's more than likely that you're, forgive me for saying this, doing this, not actually purposefully, intentionally, but the podcast for me, do you know how many personal trainers contact me weekly and say, I never thought you were like that. And I listened to your podcast, Mark, and I'd love to do some work together. I'd love to, yeah, I don't like, I've asked trainers so many times, would you have come to my seminars if you hadn't have heard my podcast? They went, no way. <laughs> because the old me used to just show all the, rah, and all the, rah, and, 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 and we forget that, you know, if we're wanting to be in an industry where we want to welcome people to come and speak to us, what we're nine times out of doing is pushing them away, you know, and, and a physique can push people away. But then with this world of video and podcasting, we get an opportunity to get to know people. And I think that for me, my body was always a shield. And it did a very good job in terms of inspiring people to want to work with me and help me build a business. It didn't help me in business in terms of relationships and people that worked for me because I was very internally quite aggressive and angry with myself trying to find out, okay, I built this body, but this was supposed to make me happy. Yeah. But it's not, it didn't. And it's so funny. I listened to Tom Bilia who was, who created uh, quest nutrition and when he sold it for millions, Mm-hmm. Quest. He woke up in the morning and he's got money, 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 millions, millions. And he went, how did it make you feel? He goes, well, I woke up the next day and I was still Tom. And I just love that, that you can spend all this year, all these years building this body and looking at yourself, looking at yourself, looking at yourself. And inside is the thing that's truly fulfilling. Because it's a completion, your body's a completion and you look in the mirror and I'm never ever, somebody say, yeah, but you don't need your body. I'm like, I do because my body gives me purpose to train, purpose to be strong. And also I've been given a body, it's my responsibility to look after it if I wanna be around a long time. So I'm inspired to be strong, I'm inspired to be healthy, I'm inspired to sleep well. But that thing inside when I had the shield, this exterior, that thing was, was what I was trying to work out, just like you. Mm-hmm. And I think that you and me will not be alone in this world. If any people that are built a physique are listening to this going, uh, I get that too. I've built a body and inside I've been actually trying to catch up with my mind. Yeah. Fascinating, you know? right? I think we all do. You know, you, I, I thought that the route to happiness, do you know what I thought? I also thought if I built a physique, I'd meet my wife because I'd you know, build something that they want, build something <laughs> that's this. And the funny thing is, but the, actually what, what they want is the values of the person and who the person is because, you know, exteriorly, you know, internally I wasn't all, all together myself. It wasn't really a complimentary package, but what a, what a incredible you know, comparison you've made there. Mm, mm. I think um, for a lot of women, if they, if they, if they desire a man who looks good, it's not, it's not necessarily the way he looks, but it's, it's the, it's the dedication he's put into it. I think that's what they really admire. And I think some guys, because with men they're a lot more visual isn't it like i remember i remember speaking to many friends like you know when they're when they're looking for a woman what do you what, what are you looking for in a woman oh she's got to look this way look that way look, look this look, way look, this look 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 look, 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 look. Yeah. <laughs> okay um 
all about like internal values, you know, um, personality. Oh, that, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just find that fascinating. But with a woman, I think that's probably one of the first things she will speak of. Like, okay, right. you know, a nice body is, is complimentary. I, th I think the other thing when you speak to, to women, and this is what fascinates me as well, women, of course, find a man being financially stable attractive. I also think that the, the mirror image of what we meet along the way, we, 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 will, we will attract what we feel we deserve. Yeah. And the funny thing is, as I went through my life building my body and trying to build my business, I hadn't yet felt I deserved to meet the right person. And in turn, uh, was, was actually not meeting the right person. I was always meet trouble. But I think I got sent trouble to stop me from trying to settle down to just, and this was a big thing for me. Like every time I met somebody, there was always an exit plan. There was always a reason for it not to work. And I looked for it every single time, Roger. Every time I met somebody, I went, but she's got children. Right. If ever I need an exit, it's the kids. Oh, she lives, she lives an hour away. Yep. And I, Roger, if I look back, there was always an opportunity to get out. I looked for yeah, it. Yeah. I looked for it at the beginning of every relationship. And I said to my, <laughs> when, when I met my now wife, we went on our first date in London. And, and, I, and I left and I went, oh dear, I'm not looking for an exit. I'm not looking for a way out. And that was my sign that said, we're on. Because all the, everybody else that I'd met along the way, it, it was always a challenge. And, mm -hmm. and, and it was always, you know, I was, I was actually very aware mindfully then. But I think that women, if you get a complete person, are looking for a man that's got some degree of financial stability, feeling very physically empowered in themselves they've got a career and i think it's inspiring as you said to have purpose and values you a man that knows where he's going you know and and for me when i didn't know where i was going i was like yeah i'm just not ready to settle down because there's a few things and this was because i've done so much personal growth it was like there's a few things that i'm not yet done I'm just not sure what direction I'm heading in. I've just not got the icing on the cake in terms of my physique. Financially, I just want to be a bit more stable. And I just kept working at all these areas. And it wasn't until three years ago that I actually found out that I'd, tried, I'd been trying to empower multiple areas of my life and realizing that when I felt control of, of quite a few areas, I wanted my career to be where I wanted it to be. I wanted to be over my finances. I wanted to have my physique where it was. I wanted to have learned enough and also have a, a mission of where I was going with my career. And I thought, now, now I'm there. And, and that's what fascinates me is that every time I've empowered multiple areas, loads of areas of my life have improved. And, I, and I, I find that, you know, if I go back when I was younger, you know, when you've not got all this stuff together, um, you'll necessarily meet somebody who's just attracted to you and not all the other stuff. So that this whole journey through our lives, I think that we're, we're all inspired to kind of, make make the best that we can in multiple areas but i think a lot of people do they settle early i think a lot of the challenges in relationships will always happen as as one part of the relationship fulfills certain areas so say for example a man becomes more financially successful and the woman doesn't move forward or the man finds a new purpose and direction in his life or he finds the gym and finds himself more attractive Mm -hmm. There is this complete unbalance. It's all the time in relationships. It's a balance. One will do better. The other one does less. One does better in a different area. Mm -hmm. And that, that then fascinates me about communication and, and understanding what each other's values are so that you can, you can grow together rather than growing apart. And, and I found 
that especially in the early days, as soon as I felt like I was moving forward in business, I went, right, I've, I've left her, let's move on. Um, <laughs> right, I've met, I left her, move on. And, and uh, you know, right. it, it's just, it's just a, if, if we look at what you and I are talking about now in terms of personal growth and development, if people are unaware of why they're feeling the way that they are, going back to what we said at the beginning, if people are not in control and aware of their emotions and aware of their own energy and aware of their own values, then a lot of the decisions are going to be made very, very subconsciously around what people think is the right thing to do rather than being in control. And mm -hmm. that's why it goes back to me loving helping trainers because if every decision you make is intentional and purpose and you know why and you can correct, connect the dots, I think you're going to end up having, I know you're going to end up having a lot more of a fulfilled path, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. But, that's good. One, 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 one thing I wanted to ask you, one, one final thing, obviously, you know, you're, you're a very successful coach yourself. Um, what would you say are the pillars of success for a coach? The main pillars. Pillars of success for a coach. Um, first and foremost, as a coach practice, essentially, practice what you preach. So be a, be a business card of your brand would be a very, very important one. Um, a pillar would be a commitment to consistent, never ending learning. Mm. Um, because I find that uh, a lot of coaches get into coaching and don't learn enough. And learning is a, is a, is the cornerstone of confidence and confidence is what a lot of coaches lack and empowering your knowledge is, is, is very, very important. A pillar for a coach is identifying the vision of where they want to go because we aimlessly cruise through life without a purposeful vision of where we want to get to. And when we can see a vision, that creates inspire, inspiration. And inspiration, as you know, creates energy. And energy creates momentum. And momentum equals a fulfilling life. So for me, if I looked at three pillars, predominantly it would be practice what you preach, consistent, never-ending learning, um, and, and, and without doubt, create a, a very concise, clear vision. Um, and once you get those three things, um, I think it's a, it's a foundation of, of kind of progress. And the last thing I'll say for a coach, if you're going to add a fourth pillar on there, is results. Like, I don't care what you do as a professional trainer, build a portfolio of results. I have a portfolio of results on my computer that will never leave me, ever, ever leave me. Um, I, I've got results and in hand in hand with results is credibility. Like you look mm -hmm. at Roger, you look at you, Roger, credibility. <sighs> Give me a list. If you write down what you've achieved, who you've been sponsored by, what you've achieved in your career, um, what shows you've won, what modeling contracts you've done, if, if, if most of the time in our in our lifetime we struggle to charge a, a money amount of money or command an amount of money to help fulfill our financial destiny in life because we don't value ourselves well if we stack up the chips of credibility that's what you're worth and if we want to have an amount of value in our life stack up your credibility chips because <laughs> if you've got champion cover cover this 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 you go i value me and I think there's a lot of undervaluing, you know, when if you want to charge more, work with certain types of people, but you've done nothing to earn it and you've got no results to prove it, then there's no wonder you're not moving forward.
you know? True. Yeah. Mark? Roger. That's powerful, man. Thank you so much for this evening. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, it's been a me- Thank you. As, uh, you know what? I feel like I need a part two. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, do you know what? It's, um, it, it's an absolute pleasure. And, you know, I've, I've known you, seen you, seen events. I'm sure, I know I've, I'll have seen you've competed. But it's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you and, and, and you know, have an incredibly inspiring conversation. Thank you very much. When my book is out next year, I'll definitely send you a copy. No, well, yours is here. I just, I've been teaching and, and yours is here. Look. All right, right. Okay. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, so I've got the address. I've just, I've got, I've got a few to send out and rather than nip up to the post office with every single one, um, <laughs> which I did say to myself, people message me, go, send me a copy. And I was like, listen, when I've got <laughs> 10 stacked up, I'll go to the post office. But the, when I went and did one at the post office, the bloke said, the postman said, he went, mate, don't get into a habit of doing ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you're right you're right so i've got a stack here that's going out so where, where are you based again is it north london i can't remember north london yeah i'm highgate highgate that's it yeah yeah because i was yeah, thinking yeah. muswell hill where i used to live you i almost did. got broke living there jeez like rent yeah. was so expensive um do you know what i don't know maybe i could even uh meet you down there or something yeah, well, i'd love to meet you i'd love to meet you mm. i'd love to meet you we'll, we'll train and, and and catch up we'd love to yeah, <laughs> we'll discuss this. Yeah, look, look, off the podcast. Setting a mandate, mandate on the podcast. What are you up to on Wednesday, Roger? <laughs> People ah. will say, love the episode, but this bromance, bromance was blossoming at the end of the call, which was kind of unnecessary. I know, I know right? <laughs> oh, amazing, dude. amazing. Well, if you That's can't laugh. Yeah, for real. Amazing. Um, all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, greatly appreciate it. That was incredible. Really lots of, lots of great informational stuff about, um, yeah, personal development, business, um, the industry, diet, oh, man, a whole, and even relationships, a whole mixed array of stuff. I'm sure a lot of people have a lot to walk away with. So you are, what is your um, Instagram account name? So my Instagram is Mark Coles M10. Um, and as of whenever this gets released over the next couple of weeks, uh, the new website, m10life.com. m10life.com is available now, but we're updating it in a couple of weeks, which will signpost any fitness professionals or anybody who's interested in knowing what we do. It's a very well-designed signposted website to find out everything that we're all about in terms of the education. Um, but uh, yes, that's how you can find out more about me splendid splendid um are you on uh youtube are you on twitter tweeting you... away i'm on youtube um YouTube. A, lot, a lot of my training videos are on youtube i taught a lot of exercises the podcasts are on there now um cool. and uh the uh most of my stuff if i'm honest is, is instagram facebook um and youtube um, I'm not tweeting. Um, I know you're mad on TikTok, aren't you? No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> are you not, well, hold on a minute, Roger. You could have ended up with that recent video of you doing your robotics. Doing a whole year. Which, which you used to do that on stage. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit yes, of that. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Does, does everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. Let's, <laughs> let's leave that for the podcast. But that, that, that uh, yeah, head over to Roger's TikTok account for his robotics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you. Mark, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, looking forward to catching up very soon.
very soon. Thank you very much. You see the lights fading in the background for me. I know, well, I know. I, I've got darker. my spotlight right here whilst yeah, yeah. yours is gone. <laughs> well, we've, we've, we've been talking for ages and I thought, oh, the light's still on, but yeah, it's going. <laughs> All right, you have an amazing evening, sir. Thank we'll you, Roger, you and thank you for having me on. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome. But some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.